Well, it's good to be together. Wow, worship was awesome. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. It is, it is, um, it is my pleasure to be here in front of you. Um, as last week, you know, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And it's just uh, incredible how God has really uh, been faithful to me and to my family. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite uh, holiday of the season, more so than Christmas. I don't want to spoil f- those for, you, for those of you that love uh, Christmas, but uh, Thanksgiving to me is just, there's just no pressure, you know? You just eat, <laughs> and you watch football, and let Grandma do all the work. <laughs> Not really, but, uh, but yes, I'm very thankful today to be here to, uh, to speak and to open up uh, the Advent series well, like I said, last, last week being Thursday, I don't know about you, but one of our, our, our family traditions, we get up early enough to watch the Thanksgiving Macy's Parade. How many of you guys love to watch that? All right. And last week, um, Santa Claus comes out at the end, right? And he proclaims that the Christmas holiday season has arrived and gets people all riled up, gets people all excited. All you men, I'm sure you couldn't wait for him to say, it's Christmas, you got to go start shopping, right? <laughs> well, he, at that time, that, that day, when he declared that the holiday season is here, that means that all of our kids are studying for their exam to get their Christmas break in. Parents were going to be busy shopping. Families are making travel preparations to visit relatives. And so, throughout the month of December, we're just going to slow down for a bit. You know, the Christmas season is one of the busiest season of the year. And so as we do this throughout the month of December, we're just going to take time in this Advent season, in this Advent series. We're going to focus on just literally preparing our hearts to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, I love the spirit of Advent because it is marked by a spirit of expectation, spirit of anticipation, preparation, and a longing. Every soul longs for something, something real, something significant. Not so much of something of materialistic stuff, but something real that will fill our soul, that will satisfy the longing of our soul. And we all know that we can only get that through Jesus. Now, the Advent season, it's going to last for four Sundays, and it starts today. And Advent meditations aim to put Jesus at the center of the holiday season. And this weekend, I just have the privilege to open up the series. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to be with us throughout the month of December. You know, what I love about the Advent series and just the season in itself, you know, Christmas is all about tradition. And, and I, I'm all about tradition. But one thing that I always try to adjust my heart in this season is that this isn't a religious activity for the month of December. I'm thankful that it goes beyond December. I'm thankful that it's every day after December for the rest of our lives. So, Jesus, we thank you for being here already. We thank you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We welcome you. We welcome your presence here. You know, if you feel comfortable, why don't you just extend your hand out? I just feel like, feel like the, the Lord is here, and he wants to deposit something in you t- today. 
Lord, you see every hand open. I ask, Father, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to sit right next to them. Speak to them. Lord, give them something, something tangible today, something real, and that's you. Lord, affect us today with your words. Change our lives with your words. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I asked this profound question last night, and that is, how many of you love to get in the airplane and fly? Only a few of you. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love to fly. Everything and everything that has to do with flying, I absolutely love. The process of it. I love going in there. I love to take off. I like to look down and see below me, you know, see the view. And then I love to be up there and surrounded by these clouds. And I oftentimes just think when I'm in there, when I'm in the clouds, I'm just thinking, how would it be like to be in heaven? You know? And then I love it when the food comes around, you smell it. You know, you, you get your little sip, sip of coffee and your snacks. You know, I love everything about flying. I enjoy it thoroughly. Unfortunately, I have a wife who hates flying. She just tolerates it. And, uh, you know, every time you fly, the turbulence seems to be bigger, you know. I, I love turbulence. I don't know about you because it's like, you know, you're flying and all of a sudden you feel, you, you know, you go up, you know, you go up out of your chairs. You know, it's, it's exciting, exhil- you know, exhilarating. And yet, here's my wife. She just grabs my hand, gives me this death grip, you know, and, and she's just focused in praying that God sends his angels and just, you know, take, take this plane and take us to our destination. And here, I'm just trying to enjoy and having fun, but she's gripping on my hand. And I was like, honey, come on, this is fun. And she's just like, no, it's not fun. It's not fun. And she's just praying and praying and praying. And I said, honey, if we're going to die, we're going to have fun dying. Come on, you know, have faith in God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and all the joy that, that, that I love to experience in flying just goes out the window. Peace is gone. I'm nervous by the time we landed because my wife is nervous. You know, she, she holds on to me and I'm just, I'm feeling that energy, that negative energy and it goes in me and next thing I know, I'm, I'm just not enjoying the flight. Well, like our flying analogy, in our journey in life, we hit turbulence. You know, some are small, some are bigger than others. We all live in a very turbulent, chaotic time right now. I know JT mentioned this last week, but I, and I don't want to be redundant, but the truth of the matter is, is we live in a day and age where we're constantly bombarded with trouble and chaos. Everywhere around us, every time we turn the news, we get the social media, we get updates about bomb threats on ISIS, about school shooting, I mean, just, just recently, last week, this past week, there was a shooting that happened in a company's Christmas party. And it was, as, as, they, as the news said, it was confirmed that it was a terrorist-related. And so much so that my, one of my kids just texted me when they were in school and said, please pray for me, Dad. Mom, I had, an, I had a nightmare that a terrorist was attacking us. You know, it's easy to begin to be overwhelmed with fear and anxiety as you think about traveling through the holiday season, sending our kids in public places. You know, my kids, they're, you know, my kids, they, they're just people person. They just, they, just, they love to have fun. 
They like to go to the mall, hang out with, with their friends. Sometimes I get nervous and I start thinking that way. I say, no, I can't think that way. We've got, we, I can't live in fear. But it's just so natural because everything around us, we can't get away from it. Here we are, we're supposed to be in the middle of joy to the world season. Right? Joy to, I better not sing. But, you know, <laughs> joy to the world. Right? And, you know, and these songs, they make you feel good. They warm your hearts. But yet, how are we supposed to stay there with peace, with all this turmoil that's going on around us? How do we stay and find peace in the middle of chaos? And how do we stay there? Well, we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible where Mary's life was literally turned upside down. Now, you talk about needing peace. Her life was dramatically interrupted by God, and she could have given over, fear, over to fear and anxiety. She could have chosen to do things her own way, but instead, she submitted her hearts to God's will for, her plan, for, the purpose and the, uh, for God's plan and the purpose for her life. Now she's become the most powerful woman in the world, according to National Geographic's current issue this month. Let's take a look at and read Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bible, let's turn there. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 33. There's a lot to unpackage here. There's a lot that's going on. And I kind of want to break it down for a, little, for, for a bit. And this is the, uh, a passage where the birth of, birth of Jesus was revealed. Let's look at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph and a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Verse 29 says, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said, for you have found favor with God. You will receive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Now notice, as we read this passage, the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid because he, he even gives her He gives her this, this, this uh, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, warning. Thank you, honey. I'm so glad she's right there. Gives her this warning. Said, don't be afraid. Well, why is that? Well, because two things. One, because in the natural, she was probably afraid of an angel appearing to her. I mean, think about that. Anybody experienced that before? Anybody in this here? I mean, it's not like that, um, you know, that, that commercial, that insurance commercial. You know, when they sing that jingle, you know, when they say, you know, like a good neighbor, State Farm is here, right? And then all of a sudden, your agent appears, right? Here's your agent. He's going to take care of you. And they're all happy, like, wow. It's not like that. Also, he was preparing her heart for what he was about to share. I mean, the news was shocking. If we listen, God will often prepare us. Well, what is about to come? And it's usually an indicator that he is, he is in control. He's in control of our lives. And when we recognize God is in control, we can then combat the fear. 
which brings me to my first point, which is fear is the enemy of the peaceful heart. See, fear puts a chokehold on the human heart, and it will cause us to question God. Now, Mary visited by an angel. Immediately, he says, fear not. Again, he's preparing her for what, what she was about to hear, this news. And as she listened, I'm sure she was scared. Scripture says she was confused. Here she is. She's about to be married to Joseph. I mean, her life was just, you know, it was normal until this news came about. She began to question the angel. You know why? Because fear choked her heart. I think we can all relate to that. When we start getting fear, we, we start tensing up. And we start to think and, you know, what if and how and how could this be, Mary was saying. How can this be? I, I, listen, I am a virgin, Mary says. Listen, I'm saving myself for this man, Joseph. And you're telling me I'm going to be pregnant? She's saying, how is this possible? There's no way this is possible. What would my family think? What would my friends think? I mean, think about that. I'm sure back then, if, you know, you know pregnant out of wedlock, she's, she's going to get stoned. I mean, back then, you do anything, they'll stone you. You say, boo, they'll stone you. <laughs> you know, you can't do anything wrong. What about Joseph? I mean, everything about their situation in a natural is not natural. I mean, Joseph's reaction, what about his reaction? What would he say? I mean, he would know that he wouldn't have anything to do with the pregnancy. Now, how does that make him feel? Certainly doesn't put a confidence in him as a man. He's like, what, what, I'm, I'm not good enough? What's going on? Would he be willing to marry Mary? Would he be willing to put his reputation out on the line for her? You know, in that, brief, in that one brief moment when the angel appeared to Mary, all of Mary's dreams for her future might have flashed before her mind, and all of them would have changed in an instant. Mary and Joseph were just happy. They were happy to live their lives. They were engaged. They had it all planned out. They wanted to live this life together in a normal state. But all of a sudden, God comes in and ruins all their plans. He interrupts them and turns his life upside down. You know, I can relate to this story at a few different times of my life. All of my kids were born supernaturally. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can relate with this story, one being our adoption. As you know, um, about 10 years ago, we adopted a little boy from the Philippines. His name is Marcus. He's all grown up now, but this is his picture here. This is the picture we first saw when they said, hey, you're going you're gonna to adopt this little boy. You know, when uh, Pam and I first met, you know, we just knew, man, this is God. You know, I didn't have to know it was God. I just fell in love with her. She was gorgeous and with blonde, blue eyes. And we just, 
you know, as, as we related and related, we started getting serious in our conversation. Next thing I know, she throws me this big question and says, hey, you know what? I had this dream when I was 12 years old, and uh, I had a dream to be a, 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 a pastor's wife. I had a dream to be a pastor, and I believe he's called me to do that. And I also believe with that dream, he's called me to adopt internationally. What do you think of that? And I'm like, this is a lot. <laughs> It's our first day, girl. <laughs> it's like you're throwing a lot. Right, guys? Can we all, right? It's like, whoa, slow down. You got me until you said adoption. And I said, well, that's pretty noble. That's, that's a noble thing to do. Take notes, single guys. If you ever fall in love, you just say yes to everything she says. <laughs> You just agree until you get married. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yes, partially, partially. We believe in equality, 50-50. But uh, so, so we got married. Fast forwarded. Long story short, we got married three years into our marriage. And uh, all is well. And we both felt, you know what, it was, let's just start a family. And so we did. And Kaylin came along. God bless us with a beautiful daughter. Amen. That's right. A talented daughter. She's a blessing to us. So about two and a half, three years after that, she comes to me. She says, honey, what about, what about, remember that time, you know, adoption? Remember when we were talking, when we were dating? I was like, oh, that seems so far back then. Honey. I can't remember that far. And, and, uh, and I said, well, you know what, honey? Honey, you know what? Um, you know what? That, that's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't we have another child of our own? You know, I'd love to have a, a son if God blesses us with a son. And so she agreed to that. All of a sudden, here we are. Judah was born. We were blessed by my son, the middle. And uh, a couple of years later after that, on my Monday day off, which I enjoyed, one Monday afternoon, you know, I'm just enjoying the day. I remember it was a summer, beautiful day. She comes to me with this intensity, and she says, Honey, I know God's calling us to, to adopt, and I think the time is now. I believe God is saying now. And she caught me off guard. And my response was, uh, what's for lunch? <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm running out of an excuse. For some reason, I, I could have said, yeah, let's, let's have another one of our own, make it three, and maybe make it even, maybe the fifth, whatever. But for some reason, I, we got in an argument, and I said, honey, you know, this is our last conversation that we're going to have about adoption. See, because my heart wasn't there. God has to change me. God has to change my heart for this. I know that's a great idea. You know, it's a great thing to do. At the time, we were in Cleveland. We were help passing over there. Uh, it seems like a lot of people from that church was adopting left and right. And I thought, wow, look at all of this positive, you know, influence. There's too much influence because I'm not there. I'm not ready yet. So I said, hey, honey, this is it. This is the last conversation we're going to have. This is the last argument. The, last arg the next argument and conversation I'm going to have is with God when he changes my heart. And that was the most stupidest thing I've ever made. The comment that I've ever made. In front of my wife and God. Because he took my word, word for word. Then God started dealing with me. Jake, it's time for you to adopt. But I said, oh, God, how? 
Why? I don't know how to do this. And God says, don't you worry. I will take care of everything if you say yes. Long story short, I just came to that conclusion. I said, yes, Lord, okay, I will adopt. And I'll never forget, the Lord said, since you said yes, that one single penny will come out of your pocket. I remember that. And when I told Pam, she got excited. Oh, good, let's start fundraising. No, 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 wait a minute. Let's test God because this is what God told me. He is going to provide every single penny. I don't know about you, but $20,000 is a lot of money for me. And practically, I thought, how are we going to get that? But God said, you don't worry about a thing. $20,000 for me is nothing, God says. And so God provided. And you know what? On a side note, originally, my wife had a, uh, she was for sure that God gave her the indication that we were to adopt in, in, in China. And she had a heart for a little girl from China. Then God says, hey, listen, I know, what, I know you know what I've called you to do, but you're not going to know the details. You just submit to me, to my plans, and I'll take care of the details. So he redirected us to the Philippines because China, I couldn't qualify with my salary. And I remember, God, what was going on? And God said, listen, man may say you're unqualified, but I say you're qualified because I'm the one qualifying this process. I'm the one in charge here. I'm the one in control. And since you said yes, I will take care of everything. And God has been so faithful since then. When God spoke to me about adopting, I had a decision to make. I could resist the will of God for our lives or accept it so that he can carry out the plans and purpose for Marcus's life and our life. When I said yes, he gave me peace and he gave me joy. I remember we were, uh, when we were in, at, at this place, um, when we first met Marcus, we were trying to bond with him so that he can sleep with us. They were encouraging that. And I remember that evening, the first night, I was throwing him up in the air, you know, hey, Marcus, you know, he's, I throw him up and I catch him and I throw him up and catch him. And he got so excited, I held him. We were laughing together. He peed on me. <laughs> and I will never, ever forget. My reaction was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> and I remember all the workers were saying, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Lozano. No, 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 it's okay. In my mind, I said, it's okay. This is great. This is beautiful. I'm in the center of God's will. I was, I, was, I was experiencing the joy of the Lord. I said, this is your son that I'm blessing you with. He was giving me peace in that process. And this is just like Jesus. He gives us peace and joy when we obey him, when we get right into the center of his will. When Mary was approached by the angel, her decision was either to resist the will of God or to become the willing servant through whom God could carry out his plan. I'm grateful Mary said yes, because that defined who I am today. It defined who you are today. The second point under fear is the enemy to the peaceful heart is fear keeps us from trusting God and submitting to his plan. See, my decision and Mary's decision came down to one thing. It was basically a matter of trust and submission. The question boils down to one thing for Mary. Can I trust God? 
Can I trust God to work out every problem that I encounter if I submit myself to his will? See, we must surrender our fear to God in order to trust his plans for our lives. When we surrender and trust, our hearts are filled with peace. Which brings me to my second point. A peaceful heart overcomes challenges. Mary had the most challenging situation that a person could ever face when God, through an angel, said, Hey, you're going to be pregnant supernaturally. God asked Mary to face the greatest question in life as a believer, and that is it had to do with trust. It says, Do you trust me, Mary? Do you absolutely trust me? And I love her response from Luke 138. Her response was, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. That's a willing heart. That's a submissive heart. Mary's decision was to submit to God's will and trust him with all the consequences. All of the ridicules, all of the judgments from friends and families. She didn't even get stoned. Think about that. She did not get stoned. Why is that? Because God protected her. Because his plan was to be fulfilled. I saw this <clears throat> without adoption. We didn't know where the money was going to come from. You know, we did some fundraiser here and there. We, we didn't do a lot of soliciting. The church where we came from, people heard about it, started writing us checks. I saw 1,000 here. I saw 3,000 there. It was incredible. And somebody told us about this organization, <clears throat> and we pursued them. And they gave us $6,000. And we heard from, you know, from a reliable source that knows this organization. They don't give that kind of money. Maybe 1500 at the most, but they felt compelled to give that much to us. I believe that was God saying, hey, again, Jake, I'm showing you I'm in control. One of the most challenging experiences in my life came from my motorcycle accident. As you know, I honestly could have died. If that was the case, I wouldn't be up here talking about peace. Five months ago, you know, we just returned from Costa Rica, the missions trip uh, with our teenagers, with Crave. I was scheduled to speak that weekend. And the next thing you know, I found myself laying in a hospital with a spiral fracture in my left tibia. And I messed up my ACL and PCL on my right knee. And in the rehab hospital, I was overwhelmed. I was absolutely overwhelmed after feeling just, I'm just so glad to be alive. All of a sudden, I looked. I looked down at my legs, and I couldn't do anything. Reality, reality settled in. I started asking God, why? What is going on? I'm supposed to preach. I'm supposed to tell people what we did. Then I remember asking everyone's question when something dramatic happens in our life. I started asking God, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Have I sinned? Did I do something to offend you? 
All these questions just flooded my mind. I remember after being home uh, from the rehab hospital, feeling helpless, sleeping in our living room. We put our, my, my son's bed, and I just remember, man, my family was just doing everything for me. Here I am. I'm supposed to be man of the house, and I couldn't do anything. They were providing all the care for me. I didn't like the feeling. I remember 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up in pain. And I just, I was crying out to, to the Lord. And I needed his word <clears throat> to bring peace that night. And I remember looking at the book of Acts. I got a little confused because I said, Lord, man, you did so many great miracles. The blind saw and the lame walk. Why can't you just do that now? Why, why can't you just do that right now, God? Heal me. And I remember God saying, Jake, are you more interested in the actual experience or me? And I said, Lord, I don't know how long this will take, but my heart is full. Even though my legs is broken, but my heart is full, I'll accept that. I'll take that. And God was so near to me during this difficult time of my life. There's nothing that could prepare me to be at peace when I was going through this season of my life. Other than Jesus. Other than Jesus. That's the only explanation about this. God was showing me through my accident that he was showing me a new level of that peace. And a lot of the peace that came was also from my church family like you who loves me and prayed for me all that time. I've never met so much power in prayer than at this moment in my life as you guys were praying for me. I'm so thankful to have a church family like you. See, because I've come from a broken family. I come from a dysfunctional family. And I just see the goodness of God in my life through this church. And he's still continuing to heal me of my broken heart from that. Through the church, through the family of God, through my brothers and my sisters. And that's not in my notes. I don't know why I'm telling you or sharing that with you. But perhaps you're sitting there and you've come from a broken family and you're still broken from that. I'm convinced we're never going to be ever completely be fixed until the day Jesus comes but while he's fixing us we are experiencing him through the process of his goodness of his faithfulness and of his unconditional love for us the Lord showed me uh, through his word that I can overcome this challenge of my life and it's found in John 16 he said I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart. Take heart because I have overcome the world. So how do we get peace in the middle of turbulent times and how do we stay there? Well, one, to get peace, we must trust that God is in control. You know, the word trust can mean so little to so many if it's coming from a human being. But if it's coming from a God who cares for you, he will never, ever fail you. See, trust brings peace. 
says in Romans 15, 13, he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in me. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was uh, doing my rehab in the hospital, every day they, they put this belt, they call it gate belt. You know, they put it on me. And I couldn't really do anything until my physical therapist, you know, yanks that and picks me up. And I remember, you know, they were showing me how to walk. And I remember, I know how to walk, but I can't. I know how to do this, but I can't. So I had to rely on a physical therapist to hold me up. And I remember I was so ginger. I was like, and the physical therapist was trying to comfort me. He said, it's okay. I got you. You're not going to fall. Just walk with me. I'll walk with you. And at that moment, feeling helpless and being humbled, God spoke to me and said, this is how you trust me. This is how you trust me. No matter how old you are, no matter how much you know, this is how you trust me. I remember going to the Philippines in a hotel. It was so late, we were tired. And we got there, and, in, and I opened the window and in neon light, this building right here at night, in God we trust, was lit up in neon lights. And I remember I saw that, and I said, God, you are so good to remind me that if I trust you, you will take care of everything. And as I was looking at this picture, preparing for this message, God said to me, I've sought you through those turbulent times, but there's going to be more. And if you put your faith in me with a childlike heart faith, I will continue to see you through. For some more turbulent times in your life, if you trust me and as you trust me. To get peace, we must submit to God's perfect plan. You know, Mary's peace did not come outwardly, but it came from within. By giving over control to God, submitting her life to his sovereignty. Job 22, 21, 22 says this. And you, you're familiar with Job. He wrestled with God when he lost everything. But he submitted his heart to God. He said, submit to God and you will have peace. Then things will go well for you. Listen to his instructions and store them in your hearts. Going back to my adoption story, you know, when, when we were walking out the detail, I remember it was our initial meeting at, at this place, and uh, Pam and I went there, and we met up with the, with the agent and, and all these people that was planning on adopting. And we were in there, and I remember just being in there suffocating because I was nervous. And then the walls were caving in. I couldn't breathe. I said, honey, excuse me, but I got to go and step out and grab me a, you know, fresh air. And I'll never forget, I was wrestling with the Lord in the hallway, pacing up and down and wrestling with him. I said, Lord... You could change your mind, you know. I give you permission, Lord. <laughs> I give you permission to change your mind. And if you do, I'll back you up 100%. Then I'll go in there and tell my wife, hey, it's God and Jake versus her. How can she deny that? So just, just tell me. You know, we're about to sign this document that could forever change my life. And I'm scared, God, because what if this kid would hate me? I mean, the, the thought of that gripped me. 
I was in fear growing up thinking, like, if this kid starts to grow in high school, he would hate me. He would regret me. I mean, all of these fears just, just flooded my mind. And I said, God, I need to hear you now. Tell me. And God gave me the silent treatment. No voice. No nothing. And I just remember what he said from the beginning. If you trust me, I will see you through all of this process. And I just said, yes, okay. That's right. Trust them, Jake. Trust them. Now, I remember just before I grabbed the doorknob, I didn't hear a voice, but I was overwhelmed with his peace. I didn't hear him say, Jake, you're on the right track. No, I heard nothing, but I felt all of God's peace. And I remember I was overwhelmed, and I was crying like a baby. I hid myself in a corner and cried and weeped for five minutes. And Pam was wondering, where did this guy go? Did he leave me now? What's going on? I go in there, I sit next to her. She looked at me like, whoa, what's wrong with you? My eyes were like bloodshot red from crying. And I just said, nothing, honey. Everything is all good. Everything is all good. (laughs) To get peace, we must be in communion with God. First, let me say this. Submission is peace. Submission is peace, both as a resignation and as an obedience. To get peace, we must be in communion with God. If you study the life of Mary, she was one that is contemplative. She was close to God. When she was given this news, she just didn't make a, a decision, a hasty decision, but rather she was seeking God. See, we're called to have this ongoing personal relationship with him. And as we do, we will find peace in that relationship. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I want to end with this quote from Alexander McLaren, who a, was a Baptist preacher from the late 1800s. It says this, <clears throat> Communion is peace. You will get no quiet until you live with God. Until he is at your side, you will always be moved. So, fix this in your minds. A life without Christ is a life without peace. Without him, you may have excitement, pleasure, gratified passions, success, accomplished hopes, but peace never If you live without him, you may forget that you have not him. And you cannot plunge into the world and so lose the consciousness of the aching void. But it is there all the same. So never, you will never have peace until you go to him. There is only one way to get it. The Christless heart is like the troubled sea that cannot rest. There is no peace for it. But in him, you can get it for the asking. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. For our sakes, he died on the cross. So making peace. Trust him as your only hope. Savior and friend and the God of peace will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Then bow your wills to him in acceptance of his providence 
and in obedience to his commands. And so your peace shall be as a river and your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Then keep your hearts in union and communion with him. And so his presence will keep you in perfect peace. You know, we all have things in our lives that happens that causes us to be fearful and question God. We face turbulent times when we're not sure if we can trust them. We may be dealing with a lot of anxiety and fear, and it's hard to find God in that. Maybe facing hardships, whatever that may be, physical ailment like mine, financial problems, financial difficulties, whatever it is. The bottom line in all of that thing, all of those things is looking for the source of peace. Perhaps you don't know this peace. You don't know God personally. And, you'll never, and, you, and, and, and you don't have this relationship with him. Today, you can have that peace with him. You know, as Kaylin sings this song, um, I would like for her to sing this over you. There's a song called Come to Me, and it's an invitation to come to him for you to receive peace or for anything that you need. You know, we get peace by surrendering our needs to the Lord. I felt as I was praying for this, um, this song actually uh, ministered to me during this hard season of my life. And God wanted to say to you today that God wants to bring rest to your soul with his peace. I believe that with all my heart. He wants to bring comfort to each and every one of us. And particularly for those people that have just lost your loved ones. He wants to comfort you through the Holy Spirit. The triune God, the Holy Spirit, he brings comfort to God's people. I also feel like the, the Lord wants to minister to um, particularly moms, those of you that have children, that has, a, that has a child, no matter what age. Perhaps they were one time walking away with the Lord, but they walked away from him. Or perhaps they're not, they don't know Jesus, and your heart is aching and longing to see your child to come to Jesus. The Lord wants to minister to you. He wants to bring comfort to you. And moms, let me just tell you, if you're praying for your children, don't ever stop. Because I am the product, I'm the byproduct of that mother's prayer. During my rebellious years in my life as a teenager, my mother never stopped, even till this day. She keeps praying for me. And it was only because of her prayer and her love for me, I came to Jesus. So don't you ever stop praying for your children. And lastly, people are dealing with depression. You know, Christmas, it's, it's a known fact that Christmas season is one of the most depressing season of the year. And the Lord wants to break depression off of you. He wants to heal you from that. Let this song just sing over you. In fact, if you just close your eyes, the focus is not on Kaylin here. Focus is the Lord. Holy Spirit, do your work. Lord, we just want to get out of the way and you just do what you want to do. Come and, and Lord, minister to your people tonight, today.
stand up. <clears throat> just want to be faithful to what the Lord just wants to do in the next couple of minutes here. As we conclude our time, those of you, you know, that felt in your heart some of the things that I, that I said that the Lord wanted to do, um, I want to encourage you to come down. You know, if you need peace, you're going through some things, you're going through some uh, turbulent times of your life, and you just need that peace mothers out there, fathers that, that are wanting to see your child be with Jesus, give their life to them. Would you come down here for prayer for that? Or anything else, whatever needs that you may have. Also physical needs. You know, God's continuing to heal my need, but man, every day I keep getting prayer and prayer and it gets better and better. So anything that has to do with physical, emotional needs that you may have, come on down here. We want to pray for you. If we can have some people come down to to help pray with us that'd be great please don't walk out of here i know that we got about two minutes to go but don't let that time be a factor don't walk out of here if you sense a tug in your heart respond to that submit your heart to the lord if you're dealing with fear if you're dealing with anxiety whatever it is that you're feeling you can get the need that you have from the main source and that's in jesus today 